It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. First pick of the draft. Hopefully, oh, 70 minutes away. By the way, I forgot to mention this. Well, I should mention it off the air. We're not, we're not, because we are throwing to the picks on Ari's choice. I think Ari's going to rotate. We have, we have both of our feeds working. Knock on plastic, I think. Oh, Ari gave me a look like, well, maybe. Um, NFL Network and ESPN, really all we're going to do is throw to the podium, so it's Raj on one or the other. We are not doing spoilers. We're not doing draft spoilers because we know there's some scurrilous insiders out there who will try to tweet out the picks. We're not. I mean, I'm going to be ahead of you. We're we're not doing it. We're not doing it. Today is National Prime Rib Day. I like prime rib. I love prime rib. And as we found out a couple weeks ago from Adam Hill, there is a difference between prime rib and roast beef. I don't know if you heard that, that whole story. Well, he had a he had a buddy who went who went to a buffet. It was sixty bucks because it was on a holiday, yeah. and it advertised prime rib, right? Yeah. Prime rib. He gets in there. Oh, you can eat prime rib. So first of all, when he saw the sixty, he's like, "Ah, oh, man, I'm kind of stuck here. I don't really want to pay sixty, but you know, for prime rib, I'll do it." Guy goes in, goes up, and they're carving. It's roast beef. And it's, for everyone out there who's like, well, no difference. No, there's a difference. Oh, there's 100% a difference. Did he and sue? <laughs> did he, no, he didn't sue. False advertising? He complained about it to three different people. Finally, a man, no, he complained. He pointed out to the guy who was carving. He's like, that's not prime rib. He's like, oh, you yeah, know, it's prime rib. It says, says prime rib right here. It does, I don't care what it says. Right. <laughs> so eventually, a manager, after about three different people told him, no, that's prime rib, a manager came over, and a manager was like, y- you know, you're right. You know, we're going to do our best to get you prime rib. And they went to, I think, a regular restaurant, got him a big slab of prime rib. And then the, the great, the end of the story was great, too, because an older couple walked by and they saw the prime rib on the plate at oh, the buffet yeah. and they were like, where'd you get prime rib? <laughs> so, like, you know, there were multiple people who were like, roast beef is not prime rib. Yeah, there's no, it's, it's completely different. What are we doing? National Prime Rib Day, uh, day today. Remember, the City Cafe has a great, prime rib special that's here at silver sevens uh the beer special tonight is also tremendous for all the vgk games the rest of the way in the hockey playoffs game tonight seven o'clock over the fortress 77 cent beers at both bars the silver and gold and the bud light lounge where they've got mick ultra budweiser and bud light for 77 cents let's kick off the four hour as we always do most days big four Battleborn injury lawyers presents the big four at four Number four. Well, John, you haven't been in for our daily Las Vegas A's update. Mm. They've been a lot. They've been a lot of fun. We try to find something positive. Glass overflowing. Um, well, the A's lost eleven to three yesterday. Yes. To the Angels, they're five and twenty now, but they are only one game behind for the worst record in baseball behind the Royals, and the Royals are bad. So there's hope. That's positive. Um. Luis Medina went out. He got hit hard, eight runs, five innings, but he did strike out six. No, see, it's positive. Six Ks for the young guy. Um, and you know what? I didn't. Oh, they're playing right now. We're going to do TV. it. Give me the. What, what's going on? Uh, it's 8 7. Angels up on top. Good news. Damn it. Oakland just played it two at the top of the eighth. So, uh, yeah. Hey, you know, cutting into that deficit. And of the six pitchers they've used in this game, three of them have not given up a run. 
How about that? I like it. You're into the steam, even though you're an Angels fan. <laughs> even though I'm an Angels fan, that's a positive right there. This is there. pretty embarrassing for you if uh, you get split in a series. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's the Angels. Look, I mean, they've, they've lost series. They've lost multiple three-game series. Where they've, they've lost like 27-11, 26-5. I mean, the fact this, that they, this one's pretty even The fact that the four games. pitching staff went out and gave up 11 to the Kansas City Royals the other day was astonishing. So, look, it's the Angels. This is kind of what I expect. I, although... Positive half half overflowing glass or whatever. I think the Angels might just tread water at five hundred and make it so that I can never stop watching them all season. How about that? That's uh, that didn't really sound like a genuine glass. <laughs> I can watch Angels baseball all year long. Uh, Otani, almost it for the cycle today. You can be enthusiastic about that. Screw his hitting. How about the pitching? I mean, he gave up two home runs today. Ah, five Ernie's. Uh, he came in. He was allowing a ninety-two batting average. Yeah. You can only sustain something like that for so long, but he's still That's incredible. Tough. And also, I mean, he's not going to be here next year or something. Are you sure? I hope not. I, I hope I'm wrong. I think there's a lot of other – I think we focus a lot on winning in baseball, and that's very important, but there's a lot of other <laughs> things that, you know, keep him tied to the franchise and in the area, but we'll see. Maybe it's the Dodgers. If if they – if the Angels don't make the playoffs with Otani and Trout together all this time, it's not a failure. They were building towards something. Yeah, what's that? Yeah, no, that's a that's an abject failure. How in the world? What were you building towards? That's incredible. Number three. Wow, Jimmy Butler's getting tons of accolades. He deserves it. He's awesome. The fact that this team got into the playoffs after a lousy regular season, that was good. They've just knocked off the Bucks, and he's been a monster. He's got almost 100 points in the last two games. And here's the thing, Stephen. This is why I think we forget about Jimmy Butler, okay? Go back to before he got to Philadelphia midseason. What was that, four years ago or so, something like that? Remember, Jimmy Butler was not considered a winning basketball player. People thought that you couldn't win with him, that he was too surly, that he was too serious, that he was a killer in terms of like a coach killer or a culture killer. Not the case. He's awesome. He's just a really hard worker. He's, he's the Steve Cofield of NBA players. He's a really hard worker, and if you're not on his, like, his wavelength, if you're not catching his vibes, well, guess what? You fail, and you're not going to fit in here. Okay. But seriously, since he's gone to Miami, he brings them into the NBA Finals in the bubble. He was incredible in that series. He is incredible last year, bringing them to within a shot of the NBA Finals yet again against the Boston Celtics. And here they are, two consecutive games over 40 points. He drags them into the conference semifinals without Tyler Hero on the floor there out there. Like, he's... He's not. They're starting, I think, what, three undrafted guys? He's incredible. He deserves every bit of accolade he gets. I forget about all these different storylines. Remind me, Joel Embiid is sad that Butler's gone? Absolutely. Did he say that? He yes. said that, right? Last year when they eliminated him, I think he even said something along the lines of, like, I, like, I wish we still had him. Yep. And now he's had to lean on a cornucopia of, you know, whatever you want to call it, co-stars yep. who have been less than reliable. I mean, remember, I think it was Jimmy Butler who – after one of the wins against the Philadelphia 76ers last year in Philly, he was caught on Mike as he walked into the locker room. Ben Simmons over me, huh? Number two. Wow. There's a lot going on with the NFL draft and the odds boards outside of the market. We'll get you updated on some of these. Outside of the market. Emphasis there. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, not going to lie. That's where it's happening. That's where it's happening. Uh, are the Eagles going to move? Because the hot rumor, well, Again, I think there's been a – there always is a ton of smoke screens and people just want to talk about running backs if you can, and especially quarterbacks. Eagles at 10 with B. John Robinson. I think we've – we've all on this show, we've all swatted this one. And then it comes 
following those rumors comes the note repeatedly that the Eagles actually may move up to get a defensive lineman. So how does that mesh with taking a Robinson right. at 10? They're not they're, they're not going to do that. But And here's the thing that I would like to emphasize. It's not the usual conversation, I believe, of don't take it running back in the first round or don't take one in the top 10. I think the thing that changes it for Philadelphia is they have a second first-round pick. So do you want to use the 10th overall pick on maybe using it as an opportunity to vault up to get, like, Jalen Carter if he slips, right? For a team like that, it'd be crazy. Or do you sit back, take whatever you want at 10, and then at 30, grab a Jameer Gibbs, who many, be, who many believe is very close to being just as talented as Bijan Robinson. I think that's what changes it. If Philly didn't have another first-round pick, then you can look at a team that just you know got to the Super Bowl and sat back and go, you know what, we have all these assets, let's just add to our, you know, our toy chest here for offense. But the second first-round pick changes things, and I, I think Jameer Gibbs is a realistic possibility. Number one. I'll stay on number two. To go back to what we said at the beginning of the show, we were talking about what the Colts could do yeah. at the number four pick. I have no real trust in the Colts about building a team. They've done it in the past, right? But I think they've lost their way because Crazy Jim has more say than ever. But you build with the pillars of football organizations. Again, offensive tackles, defensive linemen, and cornerbacks. I know the Eagles got aggressive last year with A.J. Brown, but they have built their team over the years with offensive line, a great defensive line. They haven't always drafted cornerbacks, but they've augmented through free agency. So the last thing in the Eagles is, um, yes, they have the opportunity to take a running back later. They're, they're a smart organization. They don't panic. They don't take bad positions. Like I'll give you another one that I'm, I'm fascinated to see who does it and I'm rooting for. We got two great tight end prospects in the market mm-hmm. in Dalton Kincaid and Darnell Washington and nothing against them. But any I just I, I don't I don't care who they are. Anyone who takes a tight end, frankly in the first round, that's a bad organization. Yeah, so I, I actually like this conversation a lot because so I'm of the mindset the the prop is uh, was it two and a half tight ends in the first round, right? And it's it's Mayer and it's Kincaid who are thrown out there. But to your overall point, I've been I've been hearing a lot of because you mentioned AJ Brown, and I think in in the grand scheme of things, wide receivers becoming a more important position because we're seeing how impactful they can be for an offense, right? But there's a lot of people who are talking themselves into having three or four tight ends go in this first round because you need pass catchers. Well, tight ends don't equate to the same value as a dominant wide receiver. So I would agree with you. Like it's nothing against the the players themselves personally. The draft is all about positional value. It's about looking at where you can get these pieces and how impactful they can be and trying to maximize that. Right. And tight ends are not a player, unless you know you're getting Travis Kelsey, which you don't. You don't. You, you're not going to spend a first-round pick on a position of tight end unless that prospect is otherworldly. And I think you could even make the argument that the teams who are going to draft Michael Mayer and Dalton Kincaid should probably be on the back end of the first round, not at the end of the front end of the first round, because there are teams that are more successful and probably have more to work with. Like the Chargers could use a tight end. Tom Telesco is an idiot if he takes a tight end of the first round. They have way too many needs on defense, right? Where they don't have you know layered youth and they're dealing with injuries. Like you have to take one of the pillar positions when you're good. And by the way, the next Travis Kelsey, the next Aaron Waller, the next George Kittle. Two years ago was Kyle Pitts, and I mean we had a, we had a Falcon guy on the other day, one of the guys who does sports radio in Atlanta, Chris Domino, and Domino's like we don't know, we really don't even know at this point if Pitts is a tight end. Yep. And like he can't do, he can't do everything you need to do as a tight end. He's a number four pick. And really quickly, all the three of the tight ends you just named again, right? Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Darren Waller. You know what they all have in common besides being really awesome tight ends? 
fourth round, fifth round, sixth round. <laughs> like that's that's where you got them, right? That's, you're not even, you're not using a first round pick on those guys. Number one, big game tonight. Listen, is it a must win? Of course not. It's three one. Golden Knights at the Fortress against the Peg. It'd be nice to get out of the series. Now, this series has been a lot closer than I think people not are reporting. But what happens is after games go well in certain moments mm-hmm. and you win them, we file it away and people forget about all the 50-50 moments, all of the small moments, especially in hockey. How many freaking you know great saves do you have or your whiffs or slight misses on great opportunities around the goal? This has been a tough series. Do not play with any sort of fire with these Jets because they have dangerous weapons. And listen, they play three more games. What happens if Hellebuck is Hellebuck? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't realize that there was a sense that this thing was going like not. It's going well, obviously, given your series lead. But I mean, just go back to the last, last two days. I'm getting the, stories from the other guys like, who would they rather play in the next series? I'm like, I, get out of this one first. You in the first game in Winnipeg, you you gave up three goals in the third period, and you had to go to double overtime just to get out of there. Like this thing could turn on a dime. And played in overtime, like on like on their heels for minutes. I mean, it, that was scary as blank. Now they've they have been great. At you know scramble moments, I think they've had guys who have just skated circles around some of the Jets. Howden's been awesome. Chandler Stevenson's been great. Wild build as well. Memphis right now looks like a really noisy fraud. I feel like they're a mile from the title. Desmond Bain who played at TCU. Jackson is screaming and a three is in. Memphis is young and they feel like two star players away. They look like the two seed, and the Lakers with LeBron look workmanlike, and with John the Grizzlies, they look erratic and undisciplined. Well, I don't know what's going on. You know that we hold Colin Cowherd in the highest regard here. Um, I don't know who put that together from the vast Lotus Sound crew. We just get these rejoins sometimes. We have no control over what's on the air. Um, mixing what Colin said before game five and then putting in highlights. Highlights? Yeah. After he blasts the Grizzlies of how the Grizz performed last night. Yeah, Desmond Bain's pretty good. By the way, you might want to lift a weight every once in a while. He's getting gigantic. Um, and John Moran on a putback dunk. What I, I was watching the highlight again today, and I'm like, oh, that had to be a big guy who came in there and did that. And I was like, no, that was Ja. That was the same Ja who tried to leapfrog LeBron before he got called for a charge Yep. in game four. Colin looks pretty stupid now that the Grizzlies have moved on. Okay. Oh, wait. Yes. They're still down 3-2? <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. they're still going back to L.A.? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. I, my, but, guy, but, my guy Colin has caught in some strays the last couple of days. I don't know if you saw the uh, clip of him getting passed around about how much he liked Ben Simmons as a prospect like a few years yeah. ago yeah. and thought he was going to be a star and how right. excited he was and all that. Like, who didn't think Ben Simmons wasn't going to be great at, like, the peak of his heyday right. as an NBA player? Let's Are you see. going back at people for going at Colin? I'm thinking about it. Yeah. thinking about it. Well, you kind of just did. Right. Well, now I've had the actual, you know, the platform to do so, but that could be me one day, Steve. Well, folks like to do this all the time. You're again. I'll use the the sports pig line that I like to use. That we're paid to have opinions, not to always be right. Right. We're going to be wrong sometimes, but there's a cautionary tale there in a three-one series with the Lakers and the Grizz. The Lakers are not that good. So to then talk about the series as if it's closed out when they have to go on the road and you're in a zigzag sport, like right. Lakers 
better win game six. As and I don't think I'm overreacting on that one because I don't think they go to the Grizz in game seven and win the series. They're gonna, they don't get the job done. And that's why this series has been so maddening because they had a chance to step on their neck, especially in game two. Yep. Am I right on that one? Yeah, game, yeah, game two. two. And then last night – you knew there was going to be a zigzag effect. You knew Memphis was going to fight for their lives. You got to come to play, and I'm not going to kill LeBron. He didn't have a good game. You know, he's been brilliant at times in the series. But this notion in the NBA sometimes where it's like, it's over! Like, it's not. No, it's never over until it's actually over. And I would agree with you. I mean, look, if if the Lakers actually took advantage of their opportunities, we're not we're not playing that game yesterday, right? They, if they take advantage of game two, they're up 2 nothing going back to L.A., and they can end that thing in four games and move on. So I agree with you. Like, it's not over. And as somebody who bet the Lakers to win this freaking series, I'd really much like them to go back to L.A. and end this thing and win it. But I also think, like, the overall pro- – like, when you're looking at the series overall, I mean, look, the Lakers ran into a, a Grizzlies team that does have some talent, but is also super injured. So they should be able to take care of business once you get back to L.A. And if you don't, dare I say it's a failure. <laughs> what you uh, – don't defy uh, the, the logic of Giannis. Um – now I just blanked on the question I was going to ask. <laughs> nah, well, uh, it'll come back to me in a second. Uh, Raiders, Raiders pick at seven tonight. Chris Gonzalez, the cornerback, is plus two fifty. Stroud's plus three fifty. Johnson, the big offensive lineman, is plus three eighty. Witherspoon, that's Adam Hill's pick. He's had the Raiders mock to get Witherspoon, the cornerback at Illinois, for about six weeks. Uh, start going down further. Richardson eight to one, Levis ten to one. So, what do you think happens if one of these three quarterbacks I just mentioned are sitting there at seven? I think you take them. Raiders? Yeah. Hmm. Who's their Who's their quarterback for the next seven years? Ten years? Like, really, per- like perfectly fair question. Right, and like that's that's the thing. Like, I can understand maybe if you don't like like it, but at the same time. If one of those guys drops to that point, a point where none of them are expected to be, again, we've talked about positional value. You talk about the value of your overall pick as well. That is a very valuable selection to make if one of those guys is sitting there at number seven for you to grab. Anthony Richardson, maybe not so much. But if we're talking about C.J. Stroud and or Will Levis, I think you pull the trigger because you have to have – it's kind of the same thing with the Indianapolis Colts. What is the direction? What if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't pan out? And then you're a team that's just spinning its wheels and hoping that you can actually get something in terms of a quarterback next season. I, I think you got to pull the trigger if one of those guys were there. The only guy that I really like out of Stroud, Richardson, and Levis is Richardson, but there's no way I can take him at seven. And I know people hate this. Right. They're like, if he's the guy, he's the guy. I'd, I'd want to trade down, get some more value. Uh, now I would be risking not getting Richardson later either, but I don't like Levis and – even though I defended the whole test-taking thing earlier, Stroud does make me a little bit nervous now. Mm-hmm. And I also don't believe uh, we were told that the Raiders liked Stroud, the Raiders liked Young, didn't really like the other guys. Of course, Hendon Hooker, they like him, but who knows? He, I mean, pro football talk had a mocked yesterday at number 11, which is, like, crazy, but I guess you never know. I mean, Max Five Kellerman. quarterbacks in the top 11. Mike's Kellerman thinks he should be the first overall pick. So, does he really? Max Kellerman thinks. He I sh- I don't know if he actually thinks that. Okay. But 
Yeah. That's, that, those are words that he spoke. That sounds a little crazy to me. He, he also said that he'd rather have Andre Iguodala take like the game-winning shot with the Martians pointing the death beam at Earth instead of Steph Curry. C.J. Stroud was at uh, Play 360 yesterday. All the draftees were hanging out, or you know, people who were uh, in Kansas City for the draft were hanging out at a fan event, a bunch of kids there as well. And Q Myers grabbed him, and the conversation starts off with uh, someone asking about Stroud actually going to a team where he would have to be the backup out of the gates like Detroit behind Jared Goff. More than happy to do that um, and help whoever was starting and, and be that leading hand to, to help them with um, coverages, whatever they need to do. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm willing to do that. So I'm excited to, to have the opportunity, whatever that is. What was it like when you uh, visited Vegas and checked out the Raiders? It was amazing. Um, I had a great talk with all the coaches. Uh, Bo, he, he couldn't make it. He was sick. But uh, me and Mick um, and, and Coach McDaniels had a great conversation. Um, had a, a great talk with, with the GM, the assistant GM, and um, they had a lot of great things to say, a lot of great feedback, but have some things I need to work on as well. So, man, I'm excited to see what happens, and uh, I know it's close to home, so I was uh, looking forward to kind of seeing what they're about, seeing if you can get away from the crazy nightlife but uh, uh, and still enjoy uh, kind of being in that Vegas environment. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you right. can't get yeah, away from that's it. What I'll, they told I'll tell me. you that. You right. can't get away from it. At the Combine, you said that they were all about business. They were all about football. Did you like that approach? I did, um, but I actually got to know them as people more as the process went on. Um, I spent a lot of time with them because um, Regalos has took his took his uh, his time to spend time with me and teach me things and let me know, man, that it's not going to just be easy. And that's something I really appreciated because you know during this process, um, people people think that we're the best things to slice bread, but um, the going to the NFL is a process and it's not just going to be easy right away. But who knows? It might be. But he told me through thick and thin, uh, he'll be there for me. So if he was my coach one day, I'll really appreciate that. You were in town for the fight and uh, hanging out with Max Crosby. What's right. that whole thing like? Man, Max is an amazing dude. Bro, like just to see uh, kind of who he is and, and where he come from and, and how he was a fourth round pick to now being a pro bowler every year, uh, the work that he puts in. Uh, it was just amazing to kind of be around that type of energy, man, just to, the type of person he was. Uh, he wore he wears a big chain with his daughter's name. So I should just tell you that, man, he's a family man and uh, gave me some tips about like Vegas and where to be, where not to be, uh, where to live, where not to live. And uh, he was like he was excited if I could maybe be his teammate one day. So uh, we'll see what happens. What would it mean to you to get drafted number seven or or even them trade up and go get you? Yeah, I mean, uh, whatever happens, man. I mean, I, I would be amazed to just honestly. I have a ton of family that are Raider fans, uh, a ton of people because uh, you know they were in LA for a while. Mm-hmm. So um, everybody who who I know is almost Raider fans. Uh, <laughs> so they're excited to see what happens and they're praying for me to go there. So uh, it's not up to me. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, I'm just walking in what God wants me to do. But uh, I would be excited with really anything if that's at seven, three, two, one, five, twenty-five, <laughs> hundred and two. Whatever guy wants, I'm with it. 102 would be disappointing. 25 would be disappointing. Failure. Um, I just like the I like the idea of C.J. Stroud being told like, "Hey, man, that rebel right there on Drop in Paradise, just don't go there. That's that's a crazy gas station. You don't you don't want to ever step foot inside that gas station." You think that's the advice you got? Yeah. <laughs> where to go? Where not to go? All right. That park over there on Valley Verde is actually allegedly haunted. You can see the kid on the swing. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Max yeah. just got here. <laughs> John grew up here. He knows. That's right. I know about everything. I've been out that park late at night trying to get the ghost to come out. First press conference with C.J. Stroud. You should pipe up. <laughs> right. Like, hey, I just want to correct something. <laughs> Here's my top three places not to go. <laughs> Thoughts? C.J. Stroud, Rancho Cucamonga to Ohio State. 
That would be cool if he was close to home. Very oh, cool. yeah. Be quite the journey. Make it back. And, and look, like you said, man, you want – like when we were talking about at the beginning of the show, where I want for the Colts. I, I would think that you want your team to be competitive, obviously, if you're a Raiders fan. But I also think that you want your team to have some, sorts, some sort of big-picture sense of direction. And drafting a young quarterback gives you that big-picture sense of direction. The big – picture sense of direction is jimmy garoppolo on a three-year deal with two guaranteed next two years or jimmy g right that's what i'm saying it's two years and it's no guarantee that he's going to be adequate enough to fulfill all of the needs of a starting quarterback over those two years maybe something crazy happens and all the hype around hendon hooker isn't true and he's available late first into the second or the third Get him. Or maybe one of these four guys actually slips later in the draft but at number seven i will stick to what i've been saying the whole time this team has needs. I think a new tackle on offense would be awesome, but they need help on defense, and we'll get to Jalen Carter. But they need a defensive lineman, and they definitely need someone on the edge at corner. This hour is brought to you by our friends at Battleborn Injury Lawyers. We're on Reno and Las Vegas. There's offices in Henderson, Vegas, and Reno. Call from anywhere in the state of Nevada, 766-1400-775 in the north. Battleborn Injury Lawyers. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. We'll be throwing a draft coverage, at least the picks in the five to six hour. We'll go up to the podium with Raj, find out who people are taking. I don't know if the Raiders pick will get in before six o'clock. What do you think? I can't uh, remember how fast this thing goes. I don't Ten minutes so between picks? Uh, probably about. By the way, so two things. We, I'll say this every year. I'm going to say it again. The Panthers should not be allowed to use their entire clock. You have had the pick for a while now. But you know, I don't. Well, you guys all do this. I don't know why you do it. Go because ahead. it takes forever. Just make this. And here's the thing. This is the other part about it. If this was any other draft, or not even any other draft, if there was nobody that was a lock to be the top overall selection, one of the best prospects ever at quarterback that we've seen in a while, whatever, then I can get it. We know who you're taking. There is no chance that you're not taking him. Take him. That's my rant. I don't agree. I have breaking news. I don't agree, and I don't want a spoiler pick. Is that what it is? No. Okay. Kind of might I, be. I'm though. just going to say why I don't agree. Okay. It's a TV show, and this goes back to pretty much all sports, but especially football and college football in the NFL. For lots of people, males and females, tonight is fun pass night. Okay. And... If you get to watch the draft for as long as it takes, we're here to have fun. We're not rushing. Make the pick. The NFL's got a TV show to put on. They're going to drag it out as long as they can. And they're probably going to drag out the first four picks for all freaking whatever it is, 10 minutes. Everyone is going to go. We might have that for the first 15 picks where the clock runs all the way down. It's a TV show, man. I ain't got anywhere to go. Make the pick. Where are you going tonight? You got a hot date? I got a basketball game to watch. You, you, you got to watch it on the side screen anyway. No, the main screen. When are you cutting? Are you cutting out of the draft to watch a basketball game? <laughs> no. It's our fun pass. You want this? Is, by the way, the, I say that, but the significant other, the SO, actually wants to watch the draft as much or more than I do. So she's fired up for the Chargers pick. The, um, you want the news here. It's kind of news. Not like concrete news, but it's something. C.J. Stroud has now shifted to minus 1,600 to be the second overall pick. Now, here's the thing, though. Oh, wow. 
I feel like, as we kind of found out the other day, where books wow. are super sensitive. Well, by the way, where's that at? DraftKings. Because I saw your uh, your guy, Mitch. Mitch Boss. Yeah, he, uh, he had updated at 217 that Will Anderson was the top yep. pick at minus 300. So what the hell just happened with Stroud? Uh, I don't know because when, when we were on the air, when we were talking about it just 20 minutes ago, he, it was still Will Anderson at minus 300. So uh, here's the thing, though. We have seen in the last few weeks that these draft markets and these odds makers are very, very sensitive to any little thing, right, because they've been losing on all this. So this could be something. Or it could be just a rush of public bettors wanting to get some stuff in before the NFL draft, all betting C.J. Stroud at, like, you know, plus whatever it was, right, to be the second overall pick, and the book's freaking out and adjusting it to minus 1,600. So it could be something. It could be nothing. I would say the fact that the, at that Reddit shifted the market for this pick just a couple of days ago, I would lean a little bit more toward this as like some really gun-shy stuff because they got some rush of money on C.J. Stroud. Right around the corner, we're going to talk to Brad Powers. I do want to talk some college football, Bama, and we have to get to Dion. And I'm sure Brad's monitoring all this stuff, and I know he's placed bets on the draft. I wish I was a pro. When it came to this, I feel like there's value everywhere if you've been betting all along. But maybe I'm a fool. Maybe maybe it was, it's been so wacky that you couldn't get good plus numbers in all these spots. Oh, yeah. Like, there's got to be people who have a really rich number on C.J. Stroud, and now it sits at minus 1,600. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Of course. It's gone. It, this thing I has mean, gone all over the place. I'm not, like the, I'm not the most professional better in the world. I've got Bryce Young to go at just over 250. Plus two fifty with the first overall pick. Nice. If you're just shopping around and getting stuff, yeah, you can find a lot of stuff around here. Beautiful. You are a smart guy. Not really. It's the only. It's the only one of two bets I made. Show me all your plus tickets. I actually, I started to look up my bets a couple of minutes ago. I'm like, I don't even know what I bet. I forgot. I put stuff in weeks ago. I have no idea. Brad Powers up on Twitter at Brad Powers Seven. He's on the web. Is this the least intimidating Alabama team heading into a season of the entire Nick Saban era? I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. It's Ty Simpson. It's Jalen Milrow. It's a it's a transfer. Running back. Yeah, they got five stars everywhere, but they don't have a proven guy they can hand the bread McMillan's to and make sure good. it gets it's fine. There's more questions on this Alabama team than I've seen in 15 years. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Brad Powers on ESPN Las Vegas. Yep, Alabama's going to suck. <laughs> One of the uh, college football voices from Barstool. That was actually before they got another quarterback transfer. I did like the comment on, I mean, they've got a bunch of five-star running backs, but, you know, who knows? I'm kidding. They're not going to suck. I think it's going to be okay. Let's bring in our college football expert who is studying college football like no one else even as we approach the end of April. He's already betting games, games of the year. we got a lot to get to with Brad Powers and the NFL Draft. Brad, how you doing, buddy? Excellent. Thanks for having me. How about that commentary, that this could be the uh, one of the worst or least talented or whatever? Least a lot intimidating. Of, least intimidating Alabama teams that we've seen in the Nick Saban era. But they did add another quarterback in a Notre Dame transfer. So what are your thoughts? So I actually agree with it. Uh, and I, I mean, this has been a couple year process and, and you know, it, 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 let's use your words, uh, least intimidating, uh, or, or at least the words of Brandon Walker there. Uh, I mean, it started a couple years ago. I mean, there's just so many close games that Alabama has been in and a lot of people, you know, point towards last year. Well, they lost two games on the final play. Well, they also won a few games basically on the final play, Texas, Texas A&M and whatnot. So, 
I mean, I, I don't think there's this invincibility with, with, with Alabama as there was maybe you know, three, four years ago. Uh, coming into this season, obviously quarterback is a major question mark. Uh, you know, from what I saw in the spring game, I didn't see it as far as, yep, I mean, that's going to be the guy or, you know, what, regardless of guy, yep, Alabama is going to be clearly in the mix for the national championship. I think George is better uh, than them. The fact that they went out and got Tyler Buckner, who couldn't win the job in Notre Dame, I've never been a huge fan of Tyler Buckner. And to bring him in and compete, maybe be the starter, is all it needs to be said uh, about what's going on in Alabama right now. Now, with that being said, I mean, there's 120-plus teams that would love to be in Alabama's position right now. Yeah, Buckner, uh, for those who aren't familiar with Tyler Buckner, last year in the uh, three games that he appeared, a 56.9 passing grade. He had a 48.9 of the year prior to that. So Buckner's not really a great passer. Uh, so let me ask you, is this is this Saban kind of losing it, or is this more like college football is just kind of catching up to what Alabama could be? You mentioned all the close wins and losses. The, the true road spots, Brad, have been a problem for him too in the last couple of years. Is this just a sign of, hey, man, there's just a lot more talent in college football? Uh, I think it's actually the former. Nick Saban may be losing it. I mean, okay. last I checked, Father Time undefeated. He's, you know, approaching the big 7-0. And, and look, what's made Alabama so good the last 15 years is not only have they been the best, you know, the most well-coached team, and obviously the most talented team year in, year out, but a lot of, for, for a big reason why they went like 14 straight years without losing to an unranked team, uh, Alabama didn't beat themselves. Well, what, what have we seen the last couple of years, in, in, particularly in the road games? Penalties, significant number of penalties. I mean, that was the most penalized team in Alabama history last year. Turnovers in inopportune in times. So the little things that they always did well creeping up the last couple of years, they haven't done well. I, I'm here to tell you, I know it's just a spring game, but a lot of the similar stuff showed up in the spring game. I mean, inconsistency at quarterback. Nick Saban said, hey, our wide receivers – drop more passes in the spring game than they did all spring. Well, I don't know why that that, that starts to continue to show up uh, on a game-in and game-out basis, uh, even if it's a spring game the last couple of years. So what are we thinking? Sixth best team in the SEC? No, I mean, obviously, <laughs> the question is, right. uh, George is number one. Uh, the question is, is Alabama the second best team in the yeah. SEC? Uh, and look, they get LSU at home. They get all their big games at home, Tennessee, LSU, Texas. So, I mean, that's a big feather in the cap for the Crimson Tide. But i got to tell you, and this is just gut instinct, I kind of like what I saw from LSU. I, I think the defending West champs, and I wouldn't be shocked if LSU went into Brian Denny this year and beat the Crimson Tide. So, as of right now, I kind of like LSU over Alabama in the West. Brad Power 7 up on Twitter, bradpowersports.com on the web. The... Dion Colorado transfer portal thing since the spring game. Give me your take. Uh, I'm not stunned by it because, I mean, uh, obviously Dion said a couple weeks ago, if you're paying attention, uh, said, hey, the, the team, and I tweeted it, said, hey, the, the, he basically said the team that you see in the spring game is not the team that's going to line up in Texas in week one uh, against TCU. Uh, but it's still shocking to see 50-plus guys hit. The portal and look, were they worth the damn? No, but uh, you know you do need depth at some point. And the fact that they got to hit a home run here and get 20 guys in the portal between now and August camp just to get the 85 scholarship is far less than ideal, in my opinion. And let's also say this: the quality of player in the transfer portal right now, as we stand, is not the same as the quality of player that was in the portal four months ago before yep. practice. 
a lot of the guys that are entering the portal now are entering it because they couldn't win a starting job in spring, and they're not going to be happy with their upcoming playing time. So, Brad, or Brad, or just like Dion's situation, they were told by their old coaching staff, "You need to yeah. leave." They're cut. So, I mean, he might call it Louis. Uh, I don't. I think it's more that ripoff uh, kind. Now they're going to be <laughs> much improved, but you look at the schedule. Again, starting off at TCU, playing Nebraska, 11 power, 5 teams, maybe questionable depth. I have faded in every market that I can get my hands on. I have faded Colorado so far. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, games of the year are up. Like, Do you already have money down on uh, – you mentioned that TCU game. You already in on that one? Late 17 and a half, uh, it'll close north of 21, in my opinion. Uh, bet Nebraska minus six and a half, that'll close in the 10 range, in my opinion. Uh, Colorado season win total under five and a half, under four and a half. But, but here's the good thing. And typically I'd say all oh, those numbers are long gone. You're not going to see them. There's so much excitement. There's almost like this cult of personality with Dion. And yep. so many people like believe in the hype that I, I think there's, they'll continue to be. Solid prices that you can fade Colorado all summer long. If your son's playing quarterback, what is the point in running off all his receivers? I don't care who you have coming in. They, the one kid they ran off, what, what's his, Lamonius Craig? He had like 19 offers in two days from Auburn. I mean, <laughs> the high-level schools. What are you doing? You're killing your kids' chances. Yeah, uh, I will say this. Let, let, let me not be completely negative. Shadour Sanders does look like a legitimate Power 5 quarterback. Now, he's not the Heisman favorite, like some people were saying in December when it was going down. I mean, high draft pick and whatnot, but I question his ability even to be you know, a starter at the Power 5 level. He looked at to me, looked like he's put on good weight uh, and solid, but as you're right, I mean, there's going to be depth issues at wide receiver for them. And the fact that they expect Travis Hunter to play both ways at that frame uh, where it doesn't look like you hit the weight room in two yep. years, I, I, I just don't Oh, see my it. God. So, C.J. Stroud is now a minus 1,600 favorite to go with the second overall pick, Brad. Uh, his former school, though, of course, Ohio State, they have some game of the year numbers up there against Notre Dame, correct? They do. I, I bet uh, Ohio State in that one. And, and Notre Dame has been hit. I mean, look, I'm a Tyler Buckner guy. He wasn't going to start, but that's quality depth for the Irish. They just lost a uh, running back, Logan Diggs, who – you know, was a guy that was almost near a thousand yards for him last year. So, I mean, they've lost a few quality depth guys. As long as Ohio State can figure out the quarterback position, I like the Buckeyes there. And I'll give I'll give you this is way hidden in the weeds here, but I expect Ohio State that crowd in South Bend to be 50-50, if not to have more Ohio State fans than Notre Dame fans. It'll be the first trip to South Bend in 25 plus years for the Buckeyes. Notre Dame fans known to sell their tickets. Buckeyes, uh, there'll be a hidden value there for the Buckeyes. Silver 7's on a Thursday. We're getting ready for the NFL draft. First pick up in about uh, 20 minutes or so. So we're lucky enough to have Brad Powers, who I'm sure is very busy today, uh, getting ready for the draft. And uh, I don't know what you're doing, you know, online and out of market. You know, we we won't go through that again. Uh, Legal stuff maybe. (laughs) Um, I I was just raving about what you guys do as pros and the fact that this market – on the draft, especially with the top six picks, has gone so all over the place. And I think you've been betting along the way. You must have some good tickets. I mean, now we're looking at, uh, again, Young went up last week to minus 2,000. Now Stroud has exploded in, like, the last three hours from, like, plus 250 to go to to minus 2,400. Uh, you know, Will Anderson's way up there. Levis 
I've seen Levis here jump to 550 to go number four. I mean, you you must be in good positions on this if you've been following it the whole time, right? <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, uh, well, I mean, I, uh, less than desirable, I'll put it that way. A lot of hedge positions because there's right. been conflicting reports. So, I mean, there was a lot of positive stuff about Will Levis going maybe possibly as high as two. I mean, I even heard there was that Reddit thing that he was going to go one there a couple days ago. But uh, I have some Will Levis under four and a half. So I'm happy with that. I'm happy with my overall portfolio. But being, uh, you know, living here in the state of Nevada, I mean, it's a little bit less than ideal if I was living in New Jersey or another state. I'll put it that way. The fact that I couldn't bet a lot of the steam today, uh, you know, legally, uh, I'm in a less than desirable position. I'll put it that way. Brad Powers is on Cofield & Company, ESPN Las Vegas, ESPN Reno. He makes us very sad when he talks about the inevitability of eventually moving out of this market. Do you bet enough on the draft that you could get so pissed off that you haven't been able to bet freely that this could be it? You could be like, I'm done. I'm leaving. Uh, no, not. But okay. I mean, let, let, let's right. you know, rewind to 24 hours ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, the deadline's <laughs> supposed to be five o'clock. I'm oh, betting no. it. I mean, they might be a sponsor, so let's just not name the book. But I, I fire in a couple of draft props. We're talking. This is 4:47 local time, Pacific. Firing one gets rejected. Firing another one, they take it, and then they pull the entire market down. Not for that individual bet. I'm talking all the props. Can't bet it. 12, 15 minutes before deadline. So, yeah, it was very frustrating to say the least. Oh, my God. All right, we'll find out who it was off the air. We might have to fight the fight for you. I mean, you, you, you'll still be a guest, I hope, when you're in Indiana, when you're farming. But, I mean, just it's, it's just different. I can't have these people costing us a good guest. Come on <laughs> 50, now. 50. Uh, I'll be honest, 50-50. <laughs> he's, he's losing it. I knew it. He's getting pissed. Should <laughs> I mean, I, 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 you know how I feel about this. I feel yeah. very passionately about this. I, I feel like yep. the belly aching about this entire event is, I think, a little overblown considering how well books do throughout the year. Yeah. Well, I think it is fitting that on the uh, right before the draft, like 20 minutes before the draft, you two especially, but you, got, I mean, Brad, you've been really strong on Levis should not even be a first round pick. You, do, you know, you just wouldn't do it. He's a, he's a project. And now it, it just doesn't matter, I guess, if these, these numbers are true. He's going to be a high pick, so uh, it, things yeah, never change. Think- I, I do real quickly. I know you guys are up against yeah. it. I do find it funny with all the speculation. We're right back to where we started. Bryce yep. Young and C.J. Stroud are going to go one and two. Amazing. Mark that, Ari. Mark that. We're going to use that. That'll be the rejoiner next year for six weeks before the draft. Brad just saying, it, you know, it's we, uh, we're, we're ending where we started. All the freaking hype and the smoke screens and the false reports and the leaking of S2 scores and – there you go. Brad, good luck in this. Appreciate you joining us right before the draft. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Take care. There you go. Who would have thunk it? Like 20 years ago, I'd be wishing someone good luck on the draft. That it, it, It's such a big right. betting event. It is. It's a cool it, – I, I, I got to admit, like it is it, – It's a the draft is cool enough as it is, but the betting adds another layer to it. Yes, and can I really quickly add on to what Brad just said, which I think is a brilliant point. All of this, and we're right back to where we began – and it's the same thing with Bryce Young all this time. The information was actually out there. The whole time we heard that the top two quarterback prospects were Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud in that order. And here we are now. They're massive favorites to go one and two. Coming up, we'll start throwing to the podium, but we'll have conversations with Q Myers in Kansas City with guys like Tyree Wilson and Chris Gonzalez and more. We're live at Silver 7s. Come on down. Hockey game starts at 7, 77-cent beers.